You're listening to the Fertility Academy Podcast, Episode 7. Today we're going to talk all about sleep and how it relates to your fertility. This one matters a lot more than you might think, so stay tuned. Welcome to Fertility Academy, a podcast where we provide you with information and tools to help you optimize your fertility to grow your family no matter where you are in your fertility journey. We offer interesting, creative, and evidence-based information and give you practical tools to help you get closer to your goal of building a family. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified fertility specialist, and fertility coach with over 10 years of experience helping my patients build their families. I'm so glad you're here with us. Let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the Fertility Academy podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. Today on this quick solo episode, we're going to talk about something that research shows is foundational and absolutely essential to our health, and yet it's rarely discussed, if at all, in the fertility clinic experience, and certainly isn't up there amongst diet and exercise in the standard fertility optimization recommendations. I'm talking about sleep. Now, I've done a lot of research and extra learning on sleep. Sleep has become a bit of an Achilles heel for me after I had my daughter five years ago, when I became a terrible insomniac. The change in my hormones and my nervous system created a downstream effect and negatively impacted my sleep. I was one of those people who would fall asleep no problem and then wake up at 2 a.m. and toss and turn for hours because I couldn't shut my mind off. It significantly impacted my quality of life. So I learned everything I could about sleep and thankfully I'm now able to manage my insomnia and it isn't really a thing for me anymore. Well, most of the time. But what I learned from my many months of research was astounding. The level of impact that sleep has on our overall health is staggering. And because we talk about a holistic and full body view into fertility on this podcast, we're going to talk all about sleep today. I want to jump in first and talk about sleep needs for optimal health and function. This is for general health and longevity, which is connected to fertility in so many ways. But I think it's important to start out with a foundation of understanding for how much sleep we need to achieve an optimal baseline of health. The National Sleep Foundation, a research organization in the United States, has found that adults between the ages of 18 to 64 need an average of 7 to 9 hours of sleep per night in order to maintain health at a baseline level. That is, to avoid our body getting sick or functioning at a level that's less than healthy. I'll link the published study in the show notes if you're interested in learning more. This research has found that chronic sleep deprivation affects every aspect of how the body functions. This is everything from immune system function to blood sugar balance to memory and cognition and mental health. And that folks who get less than six hours of sleep on a regular basis were at a significantly increased risk for health problems such as type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, and heart problems. So let's talk about a few ways that sleep can affect our fertility. People in the natural fertility world love to say, optimal health equals optimal fertility, and sleep is part of that. I want to dive a little deeper into the why of that today. So the first thing that I want to talk about is hormone function. Obviously, if we're talking about fertility, we're going to talk about hormones. If we think about hormone production, also referred to as endocrine function, there are quite a few processes that only take place, or at least mostly take place, when we sleep. I'll give you an example here. There's a hormone called leptin, which more commonly is known as the hormone that's responsible for sending a signal to our brain when we're done eating. 
we've had enough food and our hunger signal is turned off by this hormone called leptin. However, there's research that presents a strong connection between leptin production and egg quality. I'll post the link to that research in the show notes as well. Chronically sleep-deprived individuals produce lower levels of leptin, which may contribute to lower egg quality, which I think is kind of interesting. This is just one example of how complex our bodies are and how addressing these health basics can have an impactful and cumulative effect on all aspects of our health, and fertility is part of this. Our hormones are all intricately connected, and they may directly or indirectly affect our conception. Thyroid function, blood sugar function, and hormone detoxification are all examples of this. And if years of chronic sleep deprivation can be significant enough to contribute to type 2 diabetes, it seems logical to assume that it'll also impact our hormones in other ways as well, such as getting pregnant. Another consideration for how sleep affects our fertility is through immune system regulation. Our immune system depends on regular good quality sleep in order to function optimally. When our immune system breaks down and isn't functioning properly, whether it's working too hard or not working hard enough, both scenarios can have an impact on fertility. Now, I want to take a moment to pause. I know this information can be a little bit overwhelming, and I want to say that sleep is probably not the reason why you're not getting pregnant. So I want to make sure that there's no guilt spirals here, but it does have a significant impact on things and we do want to consider it. I sometimes talk about how oftentimes it's a bunch of little things that can add up to a big and more substantial result. This is one of those things. It's like food and exercise. These aspects alone are probably not going to add up to infertility, but if we're aiming to optimize your health for this purpose of conception, it's important to consider all of these things. So, what does that 7-9 to hours of healthy sleep look like? I'm talking about getting into bed, turning off the lights, falling asleep within 10-15 to minutes without any difficulty, and then sleeping through the night until next morning without any major interruptions. If you do wake at night to change your sleeping position or something like that, you should be able to fall right back to sleep with no issues after. If that sounds like you, all you have to do is make sure that you're giving yourself enough time in the bed each night to complete that process for seven to nine hours. But if you are giving yourself enough time in the bed and you're having sleep problems, that's another story entirely. Maybe you get into bed and you can't fall asleep for two hours because your mind is racing. Or maybe you're like I was and you fall asleep no problem, but then you wake in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep for hours. Or maybe you're up every hour tossing and turning. Or maybe it's a combination of all of those things. If that's you, there are a few adjustments you can make to help you get better sleep. You might want to check in with your doctor to rule out any serious issues, but many people can significantly improve the quality and quantity of their sleep just by making a few lifestyle adjustments. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about those now. The first one is light. Our bodies naturally produce a hormone called melatonin in order to initiate and maintain sleep. Melatonin production is directly impacted and prevented by light exposure. To optimize melatonin production, I recommend dimming the lights in your home gradually throughout the evening. When you do this, the melatonin can begin to rise, and you'd be surprised how sleepy you get by the time it's bedtime. Another big one that we need to touch on is screens. I'm talking about phones, tablets, iPads, television, and all the other devices. These pieces of amazing technology are wreaking havoc on our melatonin production, so I always recommend completely being off screens for at least an hour before bedtime if you're having sleep difficulties. Number two is stimulants, caffeine being the main one that we talk about. 
Caffeine, which is present in coffee, tea, chocolate, cola, and many other things that we eat and drink, is part of a class of drugs called stimulants. Drugs have something called a half-life, which is the amount of time that it takes before half of the amount of the drug has been metabolized or processed and is no longer in your body. The quarter life of caffeine is about 12 hours, which means that if you consume a grande latte at 10 a.m., if you go to bed at 10 p.m., it'll be as if you just consumed a quarter of that latte right then and there, because that's the amount of caffeine that will still be circulating throughout your body. So I always recommend that people consume their caffeine as early as possible in the day, if at all, and certainly before 12 p.m. Number three is alcohol and cannabis. And I want to state that I am recording in Canada where cannabis use is legal, but that might not be the case where you're living. So just keep that in mind. For alcohol and cannabis, this one is sometimes a little counterintuitive to people because people often use alcohol and cannabis to help them fall asleep. But the physiology behind it is that both of these substances are actually sedatives, which may help you feel sleepy, but it's not actual sleep. That state of our body that governs all those amazing and necessary functions that we discussed earlier alcohol and cannabis have both been shown to negatively impact REM sleep, our most deep and restorative sleep. So I like to recommend that people consume their cannabis and alcohol away from bedtime, and that they give their body some time to come down and metabolize it before they try to sleep. If you try these three things and your sleep is still significantly disrupted, I highly recommend seeking help from a qualified health professional such as a naturopathic doctor, functional doctor, acupuncturist, or medical doctor. There might be an underlying cause that needs to be addressed. I also want to take a moment to acknowledge that not everyone is able to prioritize sleep in this way. Night shift workers, parents of small children, people with more than one job may have trouble implementing these suggestions. I want to say that I see you. Just do the best you can. A small change is better than no change at all. If you found today's conversation interesting and want to learn more about sleep and how it works, I highly recommend checking out Dr. Matthew Walker's book called Why We Sleep. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I also highly recommend listening to his segment on the Nike podcast, which is called Trained. I'll link to that episode in the show notes as well. It's a nice, quick 30-minute episode that gives this really nice synopsis of his entire book and kind of gives you all the juicy nuggets and just the information that you need to know. But he really is a joy to listen to. He's really passionate about sleep and gets very excited about it. And it's really interesting to listen to. Do you have more sleep questions? Have any sleep tips that you want to share? I'd love for you to join us in the Free Fertility Academy community group on Facebook. We want to hear from you. That's going to be it for me today. I'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Until then, take care. Thank you for joining us on Fertility Academy. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you loved our content today, please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with someone who you think might find it helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to be notified of new episodes. A new one comes out every Wednesday. To keep in touch with us and to continue the conversation, you can find us over on Instagram at Fertility Academy or join us on our private Facebook group, the Fertility Academy Community. Both are linked in the show notes today. Until next time, have a great week.